0: East Meds West. This podcast explores Eastern and Western philosophies of medicine and life, where they collide or collaborate. Introducing your host, Dr. Carolyn Edelston.
1: Welcome to East Meds West podcast, and this is episode four, and I've called it Listen With Your Heart.
0: That's a great title, but usually I use my ears, so you're going to have to explain that to me. (laughs)
1: I knew you'd question that, Carl. (laughs) So I'm going to start with the Chinese pinyin character. So these are those beautiful calligraphy characters that you see drawn with the black ink, often on canvases. And I'm crediting this, um, I suppose, research to a very special lady called Helen Chu who's Chinese in origin and has studied these characters and comes up with these beautiful interpretations. So historically, originally, the character to listen included the image of the mouth. So it was about the words from somebody else entering your ear. However, later on, as culture um, advanced, the heart character was included in this beautiful Um, description of listening and the eyes so the idea was that the listener not only receives words but obviously usually when you're in contact with person you're looking you're you're receiving all this information through your eyes but there's something about the heart and in Chinese medicine the heart is the emperor it's the one in charge or empress and the heart quietly silently witnesses and receives all this subtle information, the emotions behind the words, the energy behind the words, the, the feeling that you get when somebody's saying one thing but means another. So I really like the idea that we listen from our hearts, ideally.
0: It's a really interesting concept to me, to me for, for, for so many reasons. I, I spent so much of my professional life working uh, in, in radio And in common with the situation that we find ourselves in as we're recording this podcast today, when I did so many of the the radio uh, interviews that I did, uh, very often they would be uh, with somebody on the end of a a telephone or in what we call a down-the-line scenario. And we're in a down-the-line scenario right now. I can't see you. Yes, we've chatted to each other on Zoom earlier today. But for this recording, all we've got is the audio link between us. So all I can use is my ear and my brain. And to hear that the heart is also playing an important part, I actually find extremely pleasing. And I, what, what also interests me is during uh, the period of COVID lockdown, all of the radio stations that I was supporting at that time, they were, absol- they were absolutely crazy about the fact that when they were doing so many more of these down the line interviews and, and Zoom, Uh, which has become the the favourite tool of so many people uh, during lockdown, they they brought Zoom into the radio studios and they were adamant that they needed to see the interviewees in order for the interviews to be better because um, we all worked in the belief that being able to have eye contact with your correspondent, your interviewee, made the interviews better. You'd be able to read their reactions, you'd be able to read some of their emotions, when you put some questions to them. But, of course, the concept we're talking about today, I think, is is very different, isn't it? We don't have the pictures. We're just using our ears, using our brains, and we're using our hearts.
1: Absolutely. And that, that ability to sit quietly and present and really take in all the information when you haven't got your eyes, I think, wakes up another sense in us. Um, Interestingly, the other thing I read was that the character... Which shares many common concepts with the character of listening in Chinese is the same character for virtue, morality, and ethics. Isn't that interesting?
2: Mm.
0: So all of these things um, in traditional Chinese uh, culture and, and medicine—they are not separate. They are—they are all joined yes. essentially. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think the lovely thing about that crossover is that when we do listen with our hearts and we'll talk more about this in a minute both people the listener and the person being listened to get something from the conversation which is amazing which brings me very nicely on to my guest for episode four who's called colin smith who aptly calls himself the listener he works for Dexterity Solutions Limited in London, and he works with individuals and teams to improve active listening, thinking, and relationship skills. So I'm really excited to welcome Colin, who's been sitting very patiently in the background, listening to us whitter on about Pinyin characters, Carl.
2: Hi there, Carolyn and Carl. Lovely to, uh, to be here with you both.
1: Welcome, Colin.
2: Just, I have to say, just listening to the two of you talking about opinion characters, I've, I've seen this particular character, and it makes so much sense. It's not just uh, your ears that are hearing the words that are being spoken. Um, and and also, you, you referenced um, the radio stations and, and people um, wanting to see people. Um, I've got a couple of points on that. One is that when I'm on Zoom, and I'm on Zoom a lot, I feel as though I've invited the person I'm speaking to, into this one-meter uh, circle or square around me. And I actually feel like they're with me. So even though I'm seeing them they could be 5,000 miles away, I really believe they're here with me. And it it creates a, a very, very different energy uh, between the two of us, and I, I've certainly noticed that. But one of the other things that um, where I've been on or, or seen um, – podcasts or webinars where the two people are speaking if you get it so that it's just the speaker being shown and you're moving from speaker to speaker to speaker it feels not quite right compared to having the two people sat next to each other on the screen so we can see the reaction and response of the other person when one person is speaking. And I think it's it's a fascinating um, uh, distinction as something we need to see the reaction and the feedback uh, from it. So we're all getting that on a day to day basis normally.
1: How on earth did you <laughs> become the listener?
2: It's such a good question. Um, it it happened about um, probably about eight or more years ago, and I'd gone through a number of iterations of dexterity, which started with. Uh, connecting people to make a difference I looked at the idea of positive deviance which is actually a, a very good thing um, and then the idea of disruptive dialogue and over lunch uh, with a lady called Julie Bryant we said she said you're really good at listening what about listening And I went hmm And we came up with the idea of the listening coach but the listening coach for me felt it had a, a fix-it mentality in there and then we said well why don't we just call you the listener? And it was like, I like that. And mm. it carries with it um, a decision that I've actually got to live it as well. Um, yes. I do, I think, do that, as well, obviously, as well as I can, uh, but it's certainly been noted by, by other people. Um, but it's something I have to uh, continue working, working on.
1: And, and I've noticed... With obviously, I I try and listen a lot with my work and personally, but I'm all, I'd quite like to explore what is effective listening because we all think we listen.
2: Mm-hmm. Such a good question. And if you were to say to me an, another question, which is what's the hardest thing you have to do in the work you do, it's to actually convince people that uh, we're not listening, we're just hearing. And usually, when I have that statement they they look at me quite strangely it's like hello i've got two ears <laughs> but as it goes back to the uh, the pinyin um reference you made earlier listening hearing is is very um passive sorry passive we don't have to do anything so you and i could be in a in a crowded restaurant a very noisy restaurant and someone calls your name you'll you'll pick it up straight away and you'll, you'll probably turn around and look at me and go, did somebody call my name? I wouldn't have heard that, but you did. And so the idea of hearing is predominantly at its basic level to keep us safe. Listening, you have to intend to listen. So it's active. So when I listen and engage with someone, there's a whole range of things that we do, but actually when you be listening, it's very different. And it enables you to pick up so many different aspects of what's going on for the other person. So I can, somebody might be 5,000 miles away, and I've noticed at different times a subtle shift, I call it, the, in the energy to embrace the, uh, the, the pinyin air aspect of things. And I said, are you okay? And they go, yes, yes, I'm fine. And I said, that's okay. And they go, actually, I'm not. I don't know how you picked it up, but I did. So for me, it was a because I was fully present, fully listening to them, I noticed that subtle shift.
1: So it takes time to listen. Yes, very much so. So sometimes when I'm in a rush and I go round to my corner shop to get some last minute milk, my eyes are down at the floor quite deliberately so I don't bump into anybody because I haven't got time to listen. Mm-hmm. And I think, actually, that's often the time I do pump into people that need to be heard. (laughs) So, it takes time, but also you talked about this intent. So, if you're listening, thinking about what you're going to have for tea or an argument you've had with somebody, it's not really listening, is it? Say some more. So, I could be sitting, listening to a friend blather on the end of a telephone but actually if my intention is on the rest of my life and the fact really I've only got another 10 minutes to talk and then I need to go I'm not I'm not listening
2: yeah absolutely and you know because you've been on the receiving end of that what that feels like
1: and that was my next question what does it feel like to be listened to
2: what happens when you're so you're in that position So you've you've asked the question, we've we've turned it around slightly. So what it feels like, first of all, for that is we know. We might not know what's going on, but we know. We can almost pinpoint the time when the person we were speaking to, who we thought was listening to us, had shifted. It's it's not, you know, they don't go, I'm going to stop listening now, but they just stop listening. Their mind might go elsewhere. They might, as you say, be thinking of their... Uh, what am I going to do doing when I finish this? What's for dinner? What am I doing tomorrow? Anything. But we've stopped listening. And we feel it. The other person feels it. We may come back to it. it Maybe very um, momentarily we, we, we shift. I also do uh, ask a couple of questions on a lot of the workshops I run. Um, when you're with a great listener, how do you, um, how do you know? And there's a whole re- range of answers. But if to answer your question, how do I feel when I'm with a great listener. And I've got about 200, I'm not gonna read them all out, 200 different reasons or answers that come up with. But the main ones that come up regularly, I feel calm, I feel comfortable, enough to speak openly um, with the other person. I feel important to that person. I feel safe in the friendship and beyond. I feel understood in some cases at last, but most of all, I feel valued. And when you listen to, when you think about those words themselves, isn't that what we all want to feel?
1: Mm. Absolutely. They're powerful words, aren't they? Very much. And the need for deep real connections now is even more than it has been hasn't it over the last couple of years yeah very much so
2: um if you if you look at all of the things that uh, we, we're struggling with um mental health's on the rise suicide is on the rise loneliness is on the rise addictions are on the rise and i feel this is my thoughts and there are others who who regard this very similarly, we have this hole inside us and we use these other things to try and fill that. Mm. And those are never going to be enough. We're always trying to increase that. So Let's have more more drugs, more alcohol, uh, more work, more sex, whatever, to try and fill this internal gap that's inside. And yet I believe that the connection is what we really are needing. And listening is the starting point of that connection.
1: And something you said about that void, what I really want to ask is to actually sit with yourself with a void is deeply, deeply distressing and uncomfortable for many people, most people. And what I feel is that we need to actually start listening to ourselves, don't we? Would you agree with that?
2: Yes. I think the, the starting point for so much of, of this work is to be able to be okay sitting with ourselves and to, and to be that witness uh, that you, you talked about earlier. And the way I, I start any of the um, meetings or conversations is to do exactly that, to sit with myself and to still and quieten myself so that I might see and hear the person in front of me. And it's a little bit like, how do I just put, a, put aside all the things that I'm doing? Because I can't do anything with those while I'm with someone else. And how do I give my full attention to the person in front of me? And if I can almost... There's, there's so many different things that we can do. Focusing on your breath is one of mm. those that I use. So if I notice I've been distracted, come back to my breath. That brings me back to the presence. Because the pre- you, you,
1: you can't physically think and breathe, actually, focus on your breathing, which is a great way to start, isn't it? Yeah. Because often people say to me, you know, if, I'm, if I can't sit quietly, Carolyn, if I've got all these thoughts and horrible feelings, you know, what do I do? I can't empty my mind. I can't meditate. And as you say, breath is a really good starting point.
2: Yeah. You're absolutely right in all of all of those um, elements. Um, and just being able to, it just brings brings me back to the present. And that's mm. all I'm seeking to do. So, And it might happen in, in half an hour. You might come, be distracted and come back, come back, come back 10, 15, 20 times. Mm. But it's noticing. We learn to notice through meditation our distractions and come back. Because the, mm. the thoughts are rising and then disappearing,
1: and don't carry a former conversation into the next one. <laughs>
2: yeah, very, <laughs> very clear the decks. Yeah, it's you know when you think about it from the from the nurse's perspective, if she's got the the previous patient, it will bias if she's not careful the next patient.
1: Mm. And how same how with business meetings. We,
2: yes, absolutely
1: everything we do. Yeah, yeah.
2: very yeah. much. <laughs>
1: I was actually also thinking for people who are struggling with this concept, if you are quite isolated, so you're with your thoughts a lot, it's often more difficult to sort of get out of those. Other people are trying to be quieter. Some people actually want more connections with people. And listening to somebody else takes you out of your own self, doesn't it? Which isn't a bad thing sometimes.
2: My way of working is listen first. So if we listen Mm. first listen always, in all the different ways that we can, and do that all the time, there's a really good chance that the other person will listen to you as then, themselves. They won't always, um, but they're more likely to be inclined to listen to you after you've listened to them. Because for everyone, the most important person is themselves. (laughs) And, you know, we're never short of people who want to tell us how important they are either. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but and, and the, the idea that we can listen is extremely cathartic. Mm. It's really knowing that we are in, being in service to another makes us feel good. Mm. When they say something like, you know, thank you, Carolyn, for listening. You've been really helpful to me. And And they've gone. And you've got some challenges of your own and they've not listened to you. Actually, I still feel a little bit better. Mm. <laughs> Why didn't they ask me? But, but actually, we, feel, we can feel a lot better because yeah. of that.
1: And I think there's a place for asking to be listened to. If you know people that actually are able to listen, I think that's also quite reasonable sometimes.
2: That's such a good point, such a good point. And one of the things that we're not very good at, we're not very good at asking for what we want, and we're often not really clear about what we want, or the person who's doing the the other side of the conversation isn't clear as well. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that we can do is, um, you know, they've come on the phone, and we might say, "Gosh, you, you, is everything okay? It doesn't sound quite right. How how best could I help?" And they, well, they might actually say, "You know, and I've had this happen, Colin." Um, I've just I've, I've got so much going on in my head all I want you to do is listen mm. and I said okay and then he he, he spattered on for about 10 minutes and he goes great thank you right <laughs> I needed to hear myself thinking and speaking and he said perfect thank you so much and he was gone that's
1: and you didn't you didn't really say much at all exactly Mm. That's
2: the, the weird bit. You go, well, why is this listening so important? It doesn't seem like I'm doing anything, but when you f- when you feel heard and all of the things that I shared earlier, I feel safe and, and uh, I feel valued. It's it's a huge thing to receive, and but don't but never underestimate how much the person who is listening is actually. I was going to say is doing, but it's their being
1: mm.
2: the listener that's important, not mm. doing listening.
1: That witnessing of the heart again, that steadiness and yeah. the space.
2: And in fact, you could be with someone who isn't looking at you, isn't leaning forward, um, isn't um, nodding and, and, and mm hmm um, like everyone else does, but you know you know they're listening when, when i'm i'm coaching people or in groups and they say well what what can i do to uh, to help or what can i do to make a difference or to be become a better listener and there's probably i'd say a dozen different things you could do or try and i say just te- just pick one of them and one of them might be not offering a solution not trying to fix that and men are very good at at fixing you know be- even before the their partner or their colleague has, has uh, finished speaking. They've already got an answer, and mm. if we just say like, just try it once a day. When somebody comes to you with a problem, um, ask them what they think. Don't try and don't try and come up with the answer. And even when they've they've come up with with some further thinking, just say and what more, and. One of the people I was coaching, that was one of his tasks for the next two weeks. And he rang me after three days and he said, I can't tell you how important what you said was and how different it's, it's changed the relationship with my wife, sorry, my partner at the time, and uh, and my brother. Just because I didn't try and fix, I just listened. Or in circle. Where, when you're in circle, you know... That everyone is going to get the chance to speak so individually we know i'm going to get my turn and when i get my t- turn i know that everyone else is going to be listening to me mm. and they're not going to interrupt me because that's another thing we do so well and even though we, we say we do it I, i'm not sure how you can say you do something so well when it's so damaging and so um Yeah, it's it's like an attack on someone, which is really them saying, I know what you're going to say, which they probably, which they don't, that my thoughts are better than your thoughts, who says, etc, etc. So being able to sit in that space is so unusual, but it starts to build a much safer environment. So each time you go from one to the next to the next, and everyone, even those that are introverted, get the chance to speak.
1: You said an amazing thing to me when we chatted um, a few weeks ago. It was a statistic you'd come up with talking about appalling listening. And I'm allowed to say this because I'm an ex-GP. It was a statistic about GPs not listening. Do you remember we talked about it? (laughs) Can you just tell us that story to finish off? Because it makes me smile.
2: Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, they, They did some research and it's been done many times. And... What we're, we're talking about here is a situation where the, the doctor or the GP is uh, receiving not a new patient, but a new condition, a new presentation. And what they found is that three out of four of these doctors interrupt the patient before the patient has finished speaking. And on average, it's around, it's the, of the three out of four who do it, they do so within 18 seconds and some it's as short as 11 seconds. And what it leads to, I think, is that at the door moment for them. It's um, just one other thing, uh, doctor. What about this? And the doctor says, hang on a minute, bring that prescription back, tears it up and listens. And so it's true for doctors, but I also mm-hmm. say, are you an 18 second parent, an 18 second um, friend, an 18 second boss?
1: I'm thinking and thinking now. There's lots, lots to digest from that conversation, Colin. And I think what's lovely is this is something that you don't need a certificate or a degree in. Just from what we've talked about today, if we all did that everywhere we go, no matter who we have a conversation with, whether we know them or not, imagine how that would transform everything really all our relating in the world it would wouldn't it
2: you're absolutely 100 right in that if we just shifted that dial by one percent two percent three percent across the world it would be transformational you only have to look at parliament hmm. you know if imagine that people actually were listening to the other person, were interested in what the other person was saying, and wanted, genuinely wanted, that that person could give the best account possible um, of of what they were were trying to say, how much better would it be um, across the world?
1: Rather than shouting and screaming at each other. Uh, Which
2: is all aimed at stopping the other person, interrupting, um, gaslighting, uh, etc, etc. And it's very unpleasant. It is the most transformative, transformational um, way of being that we can be, I think, to to be a listener. Um, Because for me, people are dying to be heard, literally and figuratively. So listen first, listen always, always.
0: You know, one of the loveliest things I heard in the the conversation is the point, Colin, where you said to Carolyn, say some more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because so many people don't say, say some more. They say, I don't understand. Can you explain what you mean? But all you said was, say some more. And it is the gentlest way of teasing some more information out of someone I've ever heard. I've never heard that
2: said before. Yeah, the the one I often use is I said a little bit later was, and what more? And what more, yeah. Right. And yeah. What, what it's like, it's like that your brain has just asked you that question. Mm. And I've, at times I've, I've asked that question six or more times. And sometimes they'll ask me to ask them again. So ask that again. And it triggers another wave of thinking, another wave. And then they say something mm. like, you know what, Colin, I've never told anyone this. And they tell you something new.
1: So what an amazing man to spend time with. Um, I just felt there was so much information to digest in there. But I, I think for me, I'd like to ask, or I'd like us all to ask ourselves three questions. One is, are we truly listening deeply to others? The second is, are we making time to listen to ourselves? And the third, are we listening to the natural world and Mother Earth and really walking with her? Any thoughts, Carl?
0: And I will tell you now what I think one of the biggest enemies to listening across our globe is. And you see it on television all the time. You, you know, you watch the Parliament channel. Mm mobile telephones. Yes. People who are supposed to be listening to something or someone yes. using their mobile phone, like texting or doing something with an app. Now, as you said in your conversation with Colin, you know, listening, properly listening is a truly active thing. You know, if you're going to split your brain to do something else, mm-hmm. you're not going to be listening. And I remember um, I'm not going to name this person because they may be listening <laughs> uh, to this podcast right now. But uh, speaking to her, she used to be on using a mobile phone all the time. Mm. And it was absolutely infuriating. And this is in a work setting. Mm. And it used to make my blood boil. But actually, this person was somebody who was one of my bosses. Mm. You know, you try and challenge a boss about that behaviour. It's a very, very difficult thing to do. I mean, on one level, it's very rude. It's It's just rude, isn't it, mm. to do such a thing. But actually, it it is absolute proof they cannot be listening to you Mm. if they're doing that that other activity.
1: I have similar things in the consulting room where I assume people have silenced their phones and some of them haven't. And the continual notifications, there is no reason to have notifications going off on your phone when you're with somebody and you've got a dedicated time with them. So it's equally distracting, even though they're not looking at the phone, it's ping, beep, you know, various noises. And that's... Not active listening, is it? It's not true listening.
0: It, it, it absolutely agree with you. And just one one final thought from me is that at the time we're recording uh, this podcast, it is the morning after the big Facebook and um Instagram uh outage that they had, uh the, the biggest one so far. And I remember uh saying to someone here in the house, I said, Well, Hurrah, I (laughs) say. Everybody will not be getting any notifications and they'll be able to get on with their their lives properly, uh, which just kind of picks up on what you just said, really. Yes.
1: Well, I've thought about a lot during this interview. And even though listening is something I constantly try and get better at. Um, sometimes I'm really good at it. Sometimes I'm appalling at it. I would hope in my workplace I'm good most of the time. Um, but what the one thing I want to pick up on that I've learned from this interview is when Colin said, when somebody pauses, it's very easy to either ask them another question, dig in with your own little bit about how it relates to your life. And what he was saying is just allow the pause. And if the pause continues, say, and what more? Or tell me more. And I think that's a lovely, open, heartfelt invitation that would allow me to just be brave and think, oh, there is something else actually I've got to say about this. So that's my take-home point. And what more? I really hope you enjoyed this interview as much as carl and i did and a lot of food food for thought to digest and let's all get better at listening if you want to contact colin smith um, his website is dexterity solutions.co.uk thank you for listening and we look forward to you joining us next time for episode five
0: you've been listening to east meds west subscribe to be notified about future episodes we'd love to hear from you Submit comments and questions via Twitter at Cycles of Change or email chat at DrCarolineEdleston.com.